At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Third and Central Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to the University of Louisville baseball program and recent NCAA region championship. Before we get into that tonight, Aaron, how is it going? I'm fantastic. I'm still riding high from the weekend. I'm feeling good. How are you doing? Man, it, uh, we talked last night. We talked the past couple of days, and it's a good thing we've waited to record this episode because... If we didn't, I was going to be so obnoxious. Nobody was going to want to listen to anything I had to say after the way the regional ended. So um, glad we're glad we're recording now and just like you said, just riding high after the way this weekend ended. It's probably one of the best, not just the Louisville region, but one of the best weekends of college baseball that I've ever seen. No, I definitely agree. There's a lot of storylines around all the regionals and too bad we don't have longer because we could sit here and talk for hours about everything that just happened. Well, and you know, you look at the Monday schedule, typically you see, you know, two or three of the regions go to the game seven on Monday and I don't have the count, but there was probably six or seven games that felt like on Monday. So just a lot of a lot of baseball, but not only a lot of baseball, there was a lot of quality baseball and a lot of really good games that if you didn't take part in this weekend, you're going to want to tune in in the Super Regionals here in the next couple of days. Yeah, for sure. I felt like I didn't have enough TVs this weekend. I had one <laughs> we game on the TV, that. one on the iPad, and <laughs> kept going back and forth between That's games I was, there. I'd have a game on one TV and kind of go back room to room as I was doing stuff throughout the house. And I'd have a game on a computer and phone. So I was just trying to take in as much as I could because the, the quality this weekend was just second to none. So Louisville won the regional. We all know that by now. Kind of how they got there. Louisville was the one seed. They had Southeast Missouri State as their four. We talked about the game quite a bit last week in depth because it was the first game heading into the regional. And Dan McDonald did something that kind of surprised me was not throwing his ace, Jared Poland, in the first game. He elected to throw Garrett Schmeltz, um, who is a local kid from PRP. And, you know, after the first two innings, you're on Twitter and everybody's chirping, you know, Dan didn't start his ace. Dan didn't start his ace because, you know, Simo got him for two runs. One of them was unearned because we had a couple errors. But Louisville did what Louisville does. They won the game seven to two. Masterman hit uh, his first of many home runs of the weekend. But I think the storyline of the day was the way, you know, Schmeltz just kind of 
took over after he got behind and then turned things over to Keener for three innings. Because going into the Super, Louisville's going to need those additional arms, and these starts have to come from somewhere. So seeing the way that Garrett was able to bounce back after giving up two runs after two innings was very encouraging heading into next weekend. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with that. And, you know, Garrett Schmeltz came out and made Dan McDonald look like a genius, despite what the what the Twitter coaches <laughs> might have said. But, you know, Dan McDonald's got that got that knack about him. He he knows. So people should know by now. Don't don't doubt Dan, because more often than not, Dan's going to come back. And it, it was the right move. Another thing that was encouraging to me was, you know, Simo, they their starter that they threw on the mound. He threw against Belmont in the OVC championship game in Lexington. They won, and he actually threw like nine and two-thirds of an inning because the game went into ten, and he he was one inning short of throwing a complete uh, ten-inning game. But Louisville just got him rattled. He had a couple balks in the game. I don't know if you remember, Usher gets a hit, still second, gets balked over to third because he's drawn so much attention from – the pitcher and then he box him home so just an exciting uh kind of sequence of events there just you know usher doing what he does on the base pass and just just going to show that the pressure that louisville puts on the the opposing pitchers you're not going to see that every week you know texas a&m isn't going to get rattled but just the pressure that louisville puts on them makes them second guess you know what what they're going to do on the mound so just exciting to see a lot of good baseball um and then we took on uh, Michigan in the next game for the championship of the winner's bracket, and uh, things didn't go so well, did they, Aaron? No, they did not. And like you said, Louisville did what Louisville does with the pressure, but I think we had a lot of pressure against Michigan. We left a lot of runners on base, and we couldn't cash in. I believe the final score was 7-3. to three. And it just felt like anything that could have gone Michigan's way did. There were a lot of dinky little hits, uh, you know, just stuff that, you know, it's baseball that happens. Uh, you know, Louisville, I don't really think we beat, beat ourselves that day. You know, I mean, we couldn't get the timely hit, but there were just a lot of things that went Michigan's way. You're like, darn, like, you know, that, that's that sucks. That was that was a rough watch. But, you know, we bounced back. You know, and that's the thing, you know, Michigan's a tough team and they were the five seed in the Big Ten tournament. And I was reading the other day, I didn't realize they beat the top four seeds. They beat all four of them in the tournament to win the Big Ten tournament. So, you know, Louisville just kind of ran into a buzzsaw at the wrong time. You know, Michigan had a team ERA of, I think, above seven, if I'm not mistaken. And Louisville just, like you said, just couldn't get the timely hit. That That's what it boiled down to. They played a good game. You know, they got enough hits to win the game. They just didn't get the hits when they needed them. So then Louisville got knocked down to the loser's bracket. And I tweeted out something before they played Oregon. I said it felt a lot like the year that Illinois State beat them, which I think was 2019. And Louisville got beat in the 1-0 game against Illinois State. And I said if they win – the first game with the loser's bracket, and I said the same thing this year when they played Oregon and loser's bracket. I said if they beat Oregon, they're going to beat Michigan twice. I think Louisville's hitting was just enough, and Michigan didn't have enough, enough pitching to stop Louisville. So I, I thought that Oregon game was honestly more important than the two Michigan games because I thought if they got there, they would win. And Louisville took 
command after, you know, Oregon scored in the first, but after that, Louisville kind of took command in the fourth inning. Masterman hit another home run. Imagine that. That seems like that's all he did this weekend. And I think another surprising thing that happened in the game was Carson Liggett. You know, you've got a win-or-go-home situation, and McDonald decides to throw a true freshman out on the mound in that situation against the two-seed. I think that just shows how much faith they have in Carson Liggett. And, you know, he gave up a couple runs, gave up two runs in four innings, but he picked up his third win of the season. Prosecchi came in through three innings, got in a little trouble towards the end. I think they probably would have liked to see him close it out if he could just to use two arms that game. But I think it probably played out in our favor because we were able to use him the next day. But uh, Tate Keener came in, and he has been lights out at the end of the season. Um, shut shut Oregon down for the final one and two-thirds of an inning, and Louisville advanced to the championship against Michigan. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. And real quick, I would just want to go back on Carson Liggett. As this season has gone on, I have become a big Carson Liggett fan. He's He looks like he's older than a true freshman out there. And I really think that he could have gone deeper into that Oregon game if it wasn't for that weird balk call with the usher catch. And I don't know. There, there was a lot of controversy this weekend, not just in the Louisville Regional, but in all regionals with the umpires. But I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a, a terrible call, you know, if, if you didn't see it there was a balk call that Liggett was on the mound. They called a balk on him on a ball that was hit to the center field fence. Usher made a play up against the fence. Beautiful play. Throws the ball in because um, there was a runner on first. And by the time they called the uh, the balk, Usher had already thrown the ball all the way back into the infield. And the Oregon's coach had been barking about balks the whole game. So he really called that. Um, it, it was on him. It, the umpires didn't call it. He forced him to, but – Nonetheless, it worked out. But I agree with you. I think Liggett could have gone deeper in the game, but I think that kind of rattled him up a little bit. And as a true freshman, it happens. He'll grow from it, and next time he comes out, he'll be better. Yeah, for sure. And hats off to Dan once again for recognizing that and immediately deciding to pull him. Like I said, I think he could have gone further, but pulling him in that situation I think was definitely the right move. And I think so, 100%. Like I said, I, I, you know, not to wish this season away, but I think if you look into the future, I think Carson Liggett is going to be a weekend starter for a while at Louisville. Uh, for sure, 100%. I, I can't wait to see uh, how he grows and matures as a pitcher because he's yeah. going to be fun to watch. Yeah, he, he's, he, he's going to be the truth by the time it's all said and done. I'm, I'm really excited about the future of him on the Louisville program. For sure, yeah. So I uh, wanted to move forward here with uh, the next Michigan game. We knock out Oregon and have to come back on Sunday evening and play Michigan again, and it was an absolute whooping. A 20-1 to <laughs> final score from the Louisville uh, cards. Um, big story from the game for me, I think, was Riley Phillips. You know, 20 runs put up by the offense. I'm going to talk about the pitcher for a second. <laughs> but five innings pitched and 11 strikeouts for a career high. Just allowed the one home run. And he looked really great. The pitch count was low. And I was very, very happy with what I saw from Riley Phillips. Yeah, I think Phillips was, like you said, you know, when you put up that many runs and we're, we're talking about the pitcher, um, he obviously had a good day. And, 
honestly, if the score wasn't so lopsided, I think Phillips would have stayed in even longer. But there was no reason to. It, it, you know, it's not like we're in a pitcher's duel and we got to leave this guy out on the mound. So, um, heck of a day for Phillips. Again, another name that I think we're going to see for a long time in a Louisville uniform as a weekend starter. So, a lot to be excited about about the future. But we're not wishing this season away because we still have plenty of games to win. Yeah, for sure. And I think that Phillips' pitch count was low enough, too, during that game where we possibly could have seen him for an inning on Monday. Yeah, uh, that situation didn't come up, but that was my thought process anyway when I saw him coming out after five. Yeah, I think so too, and I, I think the way he threw against Michigan, you know, I think in the back of your head you got to think, you know, this guy could come back in because he was so dominant. And I think what had eleven strikeouts in five innings. I mean that it's, he was shoving out there. There, Michigan had no response for what Phillips was doing. You know, Michigan had no response for anything that was going on on Sunday. You know, <laughs> Metzinger had a couple home runs, and it, you know, even the guys on the bench just dropping in timely hits. Austin Bodie came in with a, a two run single. So, yeah, nothing was going Michigan's way on Sunday. <laughs> and then fast forward to Monday, the game seven, the if necessary game since Louisville made it all the way back out of the loser's bracket and won the first game, they had to play again on Monday, a game that was scheduled for 6 o'clock Monday night. Due to weather that was coming in, the game was moved up to noon, which hurt Louisville, I think, ultimately, because when you have a noon game on Monday, well, people have jobs and people have to work, so not as many were going to be able to make it out to the ballpark. Cardination showed out. I don't think it was as big as it would have been on that nightcap. I know I wasn't able to make it because of that, and I'm, I know I'm not the only one. But nonetheless, it was a hell of a baseball game. Michigan scored two runs in the top of the first inning, uh, and Schmeltz ended up starting again. So he started on Friday and then came back on Monday. But he gave up a couple runs in the first inning. And then Louisville answered with seven runs at the bottom of the first. The inning just seemed like it was never going to end. I think it was about an hour long. And, I mean, every time somebody came up to the plate, it was just another hit, another hit, another hit. I think we battered around that inning, and it just seemed everything was going Louisville's way. And then Michigan did what Michigan has seemed to do lately. They just kept clawing back. Got another run in the third, fifth inning, a couple more runs, a couple home runs in the fifth, and then sixth inning, they ended up taking the lead. And Louisville saw themselves with seven runs, all of them coming in the first inning. So offense was kind of non-existent after that. And then the bottom of the eighth inning happened. A couple controversial plays, but we'll take it. Um so we had the top of the lineup coming up in the eighth inning, down a couple runs. So probably the best opportunity we were going to have. Between the eighth and the ninth inning, you've got Napchip coming up to bat. He grounds out. you got Medzinger comes up. He grounds out. So you got two outs, and you're down two runs in the eighth inning. And then just fireworks. So Jack Payton, he gets on. Rushing gets on. But the biggest play of the game, I think, up to that point was the play at second base with Jack Payton. He hits a ball off the left field wall. Looked like it had enough carry to get 
over the wall. It hit about halfway up. Michigan makes a hell of a relay to second base, and Peyton slides in head first. He's called safe. They go to replay. Aaron, what do you think? Was he safe or was he out? I don't. I don't want to say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think that. I think that's my answer right there. I, I know that uh, I saw. I saw your tweet and uh, Matt's tweet and you know other tweets from people uh, at Louisville, and they're all saying, "Oh man, like." that's it like there that's an opportunity gone right there and i think we were all prepared for the worst uh so i guess the rule was that it was inconclusive not enough evidence to overturn and you know i've seen some other pictures and videos come out today in different angles and stuff and you never know what centralized review is looking at you don't know what camera angles they have and all that good stuff i don't know it, different angles show different things. And I, I think that's where the inconclusive part comes into play, right? For you know, sure. Unless they can yeah. say definitively that, yes, he was out. And I, I think depending on what angle they looked at, I don't think you can definitively say that. Nonetheless, controversial play at second base. Levi Usher comes up after that with runners on second and third, hits a single up the middle to tie it. And then Cam Masterman happened and just hit a ball up into the berm, his fourth home run of the weekend, to give Louisville a two-run lead and ultimately win the game um, by that two-run home run, 9-11. to Man, it, it, I've seen a lot of Louisville baseball over the years, and that's up there with one of the best plays, I think, in the history of the program. I, I for sure agree. I think I've watched that video probably 30 or 40 times by now, and that's that's not even an exaggeration <laughs> either. It, it's just something that I've I've been glued to for the last last day now. It was, I don't know if you've seen the awesome. uh, the mashup of of the play take ESPN voiceover out because they're terrible, and with the voiceover with Sean Moth. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that was awesome. All of the game, man, Sean Moth. I don't think us Louisville fans understand how spoiled we are to have that guy. He is such a talent, and he just tells the story so well. I just, I, I love Sean Moth, and if you haven't seen that call, you've got to look it up. It's all over Twitter. It's just a uh, just just beautiful and classic Sean Moth, probably at his best. Hundred percent agree with you. Sean Moth is is like nobody else, and. You know, everything surrounding that moment, too, was awesome. The crowd was just really amped up. Mm-hmm. And after the game, they were talking to Masterman, and he gave an emotional interview, and he got the Lamar Jackson hockey jersey. And I even saw that the kid uh, who caught the ball tried to give it back to Masterman, and he told the kid to keep it and signed it for him. So there are just so many different things that go into that moment that really make it what it is. Yeah, it just, you know, it just seemed like, Everything was going against Louisville up until that point. And then, you know, it just just on a dime, everything turned. And Cam Masterman, who had been slumping going into the regional, just completely turned it around and won most outstanding player of the region because of his performance. And he deserved every ounce of that. So outside of, you know, the Masterman home run, the the play at the controversial play at second base. What were you, what were you most excited about? What did you see from Louisville this weekend that maybe we haven't seen in a while or that, or that gives you hope 
in the super regionals that they can go down to college station and take care of business. Something that we kind of briefly already talked about the pitching performances, uh, you know, Riley Phillips, Garrett Schmelz and Tate Keener really stick out to me. I mean, Schmelz started two games this weekend and he's only started one before in his entire career here. And then you get 11 strikeouts and five innings from Riley Phillips and you have Tate Keener come out of the bullpen three times. And of those three, I mean, you know, all of them pitched fantastically. And, you know, I think that Tate Keener is probably the one that really sticks out to me just because he, you know, struggled a little bit early in the season. You know, I don't think that he really feels comfortable in the rotation. But now that he's back in the bullpen, I think that we're seeing a different side of Tate Keener. And he's really being himself right now. That emotion on the mound that we haven't seen mm-hmm. from him is really starting to come up in big spots now. And so it was really cool to watch and kind of gives me some reassurance. Like we didn't have Jared Poland, our ace at his best this weekend. And we still came out of a regional, you know, if Jared Poland is on at Texas A&M and everything else clicks like it did this weekend, then I think we're going to Omaha. I, I couldn't agree more. And, I, and, you know, it's probably cliche to say because this offense has been so dominant this year. But I think one thing that was encouraging to me was just how well-rounded they were. You know, you had guys, Bianco, I don't know what he ended, but at one point he was like one for 18 in the regional. So he didn't have his best weekend, but that's okay. Jack Payton had a four-hit day. And then in the championship against Michigan, Payton was 0 for 4 with four strikeouts until he hits the the ball off the left field wall. So, you know, and obviously Masterman with the four home runs this weekend, Napchik back this weekend, what he did. Metzinger, he's doing what Metzinger does. You know, this offense is so well-rounded. And then throw in Dalton rushing. There's really no holes in this lineup one through nine. And if there are, somebody's having a bad day or somebody's having a good, a bad weekend, there's so many other bats in this lineup that that's okay. And I think that's what's encouraging with this team moving forward, especially with the way the pitching staff has responded. If the, the lineup can continue to put up the numbers they're putting up, I feel confident against anybody we play. No, I 100% agree with you. And going back to Ben Bianco for a second, you know, he didn't have his best regional at the plate, but I think his defense at first base more than makes up for that. I mean, I don't, I think you're going to be hard pressed to find another first baseman in Division One baseball who can play first base like Ben Bianco can. Yeah, I agree with that. I know Dan got all over him what <laughs> play that he didn't get a ball shot into right field in between him and Beard. Dan got all over him on one play. I can't remember which game it was now. But, no, you're, you're spot on. I mean, Bianco at first base has improved so much. And, you know, the importance of having a solid first baseman. And Louisville's had that over the years. Um, it, it goes a long way, and we've got that with Bianco this season. For sure. And I think that's evident in Dan McDonald's confidence in him too. Cause you know, at the start of the season, we're on a rotation of Bianco and rushing at first base. Uh, you know, Bianco kind of emerged as a first baseman who mm-hmm. very, very good with the glove over there. Yeah. We, we've got a good thing going with Bianco at first. So the Louisville racked up on the all region team this weekend leading, like I said, with Cam Masterman earning the most outstanding player award for his performance. Aaron, who who else was on the list? Because I know it was a pretty lengthy amount of guys that made the team. 
Yeah, so we also had Tate Keener, Riley Phillips, Logan Beard, Christian Napchik, Ben Metzinger, Levi Usher, and Jack Payton to go along with Cam Masterman to make a total of eight to the all-regional team, which is just an absurd amount of guys. (laughs) I will take that any day of the week and twice on – I'm going to go with Monday because that's when the regional (laughs) ended this week. Um, So kind of fast forward to the Super Regionals. The ACC has four teams in the Supers this year. They had nine that made the NCAA tournament. Four of them advanced to the Super Regionals. Louisville, the 12th seed, obviously is traveling to Texas A&M. Virginia Tech, they went undefeated in Blacksburg. They're the four seed. They will host Oklahoma, who upset Florida down in Gainesville. North Carolina, they played a game seven. Um the if necessary game as well against VCU and they will host Arkansas who is just red hot right now after beating Oklahoma state and Notre, Notre Dame was the two seed. They came out of the Georgia, Georgia Southern regional and they will travel to Knoxville to take on Tennessee. As much as I don't like Notre Dame, I would like them to win that region, but good luck in <laughs> Knoxville this weekend to the Irish. So of the 16, or I guess 15, other teams that are in the Super Regionals, Louisville actually had a 6-4 and four record against other teams this year. They went 3-0 and oh against Notre Dame, 2-1 and one against North Carolina, 1-2 and two against Virginia Tech, and then they dropped the game against UConn down in Tampa on opening weekend this season when everybody freaked out and said Louisville wasn't going to have a good season. So... Here we are in the Super Regionals. I think everything is okay, and I think Dan has us on the right track. Just a little bit of background here on Louisville's track record uh, in the Supers. So we're going to our ninth Super Regional in school history. In our previous eight appearances, we are 5-3, and three, been to Omaha five times, first coming in 2007, first year with Dan McDonald. Uh, and, you know, we're going on the road to Texas A&M, which is a very hostile environment, SEC team. Uh, but that's nothing new for, for Dan McDonald and, and his squad. Back in 2014, we went on the road to Vanderbilt, another very tough SEC team, and uh, went in there and did what we had to do to go to Omaha. And then in 2017, we uh, – Hosted Kentucky, another SEC team, though not as strong as Vanderbilt. Uh, <laughs> once again, took care of business. Uh, Drew Ellis became the owner of the Kentucky Wildcats and went to <laughs> Omaha that year too. So we are two and zero against SEC teams and Super Regionals. And you know, I, not enough can be said about Dan McDonald and what he has done for this program. And you know, honestly, I'm, I'm at a loss for words. You know, what can you say anymore about Dan McDonald? You know, nine super regional appearances now, five trips to Omaha, um, 2007 being that first one, 2019 being the last one that we've been to. And year in and year out, he just produces a lot of teams that have a lot of grit, as we've seen the 2019 team. Uh, you know, similar situation this year. Uh, drop that second game of the regional and go to the losers bracket. And we had to fight our way out. And Dan McDonald's was, he was saying all weekend, like you guys remind me of the 2017. And I just think that that right there just shows, you know, what the kind of player that Dan McDonald recruits and, and how gritty all of his teams are. I mean, if you're a recruit and have the chance to come play high level college baseball, why wouldn't you want to come to Louisville and play for Dan McDonald? 
in one i saw a stat earlier and this blew my mind i had no idea since 2007 which was dan's first year at louisville florida state has been to 10 super regionals that's the whole list of teams that have been to more super regionals than louisville that's it florida state with 10 louisville's been to nine uh fsu i'm sorry lsu and vandy have also been to nine so the fact that Louisville is in the conversation with those schools and let's not forget that it's not like Dan walked into a situation like he was going to LSU or he was going to a big school like that, that the program was already stacked and he just had to walk in and he was going to make, make it to Omaha. You know, Dan had to build this program from the ground. So what he's doing is mightily impressive. But to make it to the team's or the program's sixth College World Series, they've got their hands full this weekend. You know, Texas A&M, they are the number five overall seed in the tournament. They're 40-18 and 18 right now. They were 19-11 in the SEC, two seed in the SEC tournament. What's surprising about them is they didn't even make the tournament last year. And I, I think that's just college baseball, right? You know, Mississippi State, won the national championship last year and they didn't even make the sec tournament this year i I think that's just life in college baseball it it just happens so i think people get down on a program if they don't make this or don't make that or don't make the college world series or win a national championship winning in college baseball is tough it really is life in especially the sec acc it's a gauntlet every single weekend but this weekend, Louisville will travel to College Station. They'll take on Texas A&M. Friday night, first pitch is at 8.30. So get your naps in because it's going to be a late one. Uh, Saturday is at 3 o'clock. And then Sunday, if necessary, the time is to be announced at a later date. So to get here, Texas A&M hosted TCU, Louisiana, and Oral Roberts. They swept the series. They didn't lose a game, so they will be well-rested. One thing to note, Jim Schlossnagel, he is in his first year at Texas A&M. He was at TCU for 18 seasons. He took TCU to the five College World Series, and he's somebody that Louisville is very familiar with in some of their days in the – Big East and whatever conferences we've been in over the past couple of decades because <laughs> we've moved a hundred times. You know, the TCU was a big rival of ours, played them in Omaha a couple of years ago. So programs are very familiar with each other. McDonald, Schlossnagel, um, you know, they they just know each other's style because they they played against each other so often. Yeah, for sure. And one note I want to make about the regional, I mean, your um Texas AM did not lose a game, but at times I thought that they definitely didn't look like the number five overall seed. I Uh, do agree with that. They came out very flat against Oral Roberts and Oral Roberts actually had a lead for four or five innings before their offense finally woke up. And then on, uh, on Sunday night that uh, the TCU game, TCU had every opportunity to win that game and they didn't capitalize. And so I, you know, Louisville is not Oral Roberts or TCU. I mean, I think that we will give them a very tough challenge this weekend. No, I, I agree with that 100. percent They're they're going to see a lot stiffer competition this weekend than they saw this past weekend. I can guarantee that. Yeah, you know, for sure. I think they have one of the easiest draws 
of all the regionals, in my opinion, anyways. Yeah. Uh, so want to move on to who Texas A&M is. Uh, so they their lineup, they got five guys hitting over 300, not unlike our lineup. Uh, Dylan Rock, he leads the charge for the lineup. He's got 18 home runs, 59 RBIs, and a 340 average on the year. To me, that's really the only guy that sticks out as a huge threat uh, to hit the long ball. Everybody else, you know, the power numbers aren't really there. And then with the pitching as well, the pitching is pretty underwhelming to me. All three of the weekend starters have an ERA over four and a half. And that the they got a, some dudes in the bullpen who can throw it, but it's going to be a challenge for uh, Coach Slosnagel to get them there, especially against this Louisville lineup. And, you know, I think that the biggest issue for Louisville this weekend is how tough it is to play in College Station. It is a very intimidating and daunting place to go, especially, you know, as young as our team is too, you know, it, it can mature you fast. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go look up the Texas A&M ball five chant and you'll get a pretty good idea of how rowdy that crowd can get. I would say that that is very intimidating. And I think that stadium holds, I don't know, around 6,000 people or so, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's it, a it large is, stadium. There, there's there's going to be a bunch of people there. It, it's going to be a packed place. Louisville has not played in an environment like that this season that you know it, it's going to be it's going to be rowdy it's late at night on a friday night so there's going to be no excuse for their fans to not be there and it, it you know this young team that we have and i, I don't want to say young team but they they're inexperienced in the NCAA tournament because of the covid year and missing the tournament last year so we just don't have a lot of experience in the tournament the biggest thing is you're spot on how are they going to respond you know they're playing a good team but they've played a lot of good teams this year. I'm not worried about that. It's just the environment and what, how to prepare yourself for an environment like that in College Station. Uh, I for sure agree. I don't. I think that Texas A&M is a very beatable team. Their stats don't, in my opinion, I don't think they line up with being the number five ranked team in the country. They're. No, I, I agree with you spot on. I, I think they've got a team ERA of just under five, I think 4.74. And when you've got an offense like Louisville that puts up, you know, eight, nine runs a game, I'll take our chances. Yeah, for sure. I think that we'll need to come out and make a statement early and shut the crowd up pretty quick, uh, quickly. Now, also, we're going to look for guys like Ben Bianco and Dalton Rushing who have established themselves as team leaders on the field, kind of guiding the young guys through and like, okay, like take a breath, just play play Louisville Cardinal baseball. And, you know, I think you bring up a really good point talking about the crowd and stuff. If Louisville can, you know, get in there and after three innings have a, I don't know, a 3-0 lead on Friday night or, a, you know, just, just get a couple runs and Poland kind of comes in and keeps their bats quiet, just keeping that crowd out of the game early, that way they sit on their hands for the rest of the game. I think that's going to be – that's going to be huge. And – if we can do it, I think so. You know, I think we've got one of the best offenses in the country, and I'm excited about playing against one of the best teams in their ballpark with a berth to the College World Series on the line. Yeah, I mean, a lot of Michigan fans said that we don't belong, but I got a feeling that we're about to show a lot of people that <laughs> this is right where we belong, and it's going to be a fun weekend of baseball. 
Yeah, it is. And when you're looking down the matchups this weekend, not just ours, obviously I'm going to be glued to the TV when Louisville and Texas A&M are playing. But some of the other regionals, I mean, a, a lot of the top seeds advance, so there's going to be a lot of quality baseball played again this weekend in the Super Regionals. Now, before we hop off here, Aaron, what what's your prediction this weekend? What do you, what do you think happens? And if Louisville wins, how do they win? If Louisville loses, how do they lose? Uh, I'm going to say that we win. Okay. I feel I do feel very good going into this weekend. I'm going to say that we win on game three and okay. Sunday. And I think that we're going to need some big performances out of the bullpen like we saw uh, this past weekend. And I think Jared Poland is going to bounce back very nicely and the offense is going to do its thing. I, you know, I think this this weekend is going to – this past weekend, the regionals, I think was a really good tune-up for us. Obviously, everybody played, and obviously all the teams playing this weekend, they won. But the way that Louisville had to win, you know, throwing – Prosecchi out there multiple times, throwing Keener out there, Hawks out there, multiple appearances over the weekend. I think that is going to pay dividends and Schmelt starting two games. I think that is going to be huge going into College Station because, you know, they've done it. You know, it's not like this is new. Like, if, if we need Keener to throw back-to-back days an inning or two, he just did it. He just proved that he can do it. So, I, th- I think that is going to be huge this weekend. Down what about there, you? Then. What's your what's your prediction for this weekend? I'm with you. I look at Texas A&M's stats. You look up and down their team, and obviously they've won a boatload of games. I'm not taking anything away from them, but I nothing really jumps off the paper at me. That's like wow, like Louisville can't beat these guys, right? And they're the five seed, so obviously they, they they've earned that. They're the number five team in the country heading into the tournament, and so not to take away from them. And I think Louisville, I think we we obviously could go down there and get beat. But based off the way Louisville played this weekend, and I think the momentum and the emotion that we have because of the way that we won the regional, I think Louisville is going to come out on fire down there. And I think they are going to try to shock the world. And just I think they're they're so high right now off what they did, I think they want to come out and prove that they do belong. So that's my two cents. We'll we'll see what happens. Obviously, you and I are just two guys that talk about Louisville baseball. We don't get to go out there and play it, but that that is what I think will happen. Hey, let's have a weekend. By the time we record next, let's let's go to Omaha. I can say, yeah, the, the next time you hear from Aaron and I, hopefully – we are planning who we're going to be playing and what the schedule is going to look like out in Omaha. So, anyways, before we sign off tonight, Aaron, tell everybody where they can find you. You can find me at AJTurn22 on Twitter or at the Louisville Baseball Alumni Report on Twitter as well. And I'm also writing now for the state of Louisville, so be sure to go check out that. Yes, um, that's new for Aaron. He is now the... I believe at this point, newest writer for the state of Louisville covering Louisville baseball. So his stuff on Twitter about the cards and the pros is second to none. We haven't talked about in the last couple episodes because Louisville is winning. So we are going to keep talking about that and we will get to the pros at a later date. And I'm Matt Sefkovic signing off. You can find me on Twitter at Matt Sefkovic or on cardchronicle.com. And I'm going to leave you with the famous Sean Moth quote, 
It won't be till next season, but we'll see you at the ballpark.